This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. I am excited to have Roberta O'Keefe on the podcast today. Roberta is a strategic business advisor at ROK Advisors. Welcome to the podcast, Roberta. Hey, Nick. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Awesome. Very good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So the one thing I always try to get a little bit of a tidbit that people might not know about Roberta um, for even the people that do know of you. So uh, the first thing is uh, that you make quilts. That is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, Tell us more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So my sister and my sister-in-law had taken a quilt class back way back and had asked if I wanted to try it and I just didn't have time to do it and um, they finally decided to teach me how to make a quilt and we all made a mystery quilt and for anyone who knows anything about quilting uh, you get a clue each month and you make this quilt piece by piece very slowly and it's a great way to teach someone who's never sewn before or have huh. never made a quilt before. And so we all made our own with different colors, okay. but they all turned out the same pattern, but they all look different because of the color schemes. So it was great. It was a great way to learn. Wow. That is, that is so interesting. It, it actually looks so complicated. You see all these complex quilts. What maybe what it can what's, be. Yeah, what's maybe is that the one that you're most proud of? Or do you have another one that you've like, you know, are are like, you know, very proud of? Yeah, um, probably. I made my son a quilt that has all these different colored fox heads on it. So there, it's just an array of colors and different shades of the rainbow basically and they're all fox heads and he was into foxes at the time um, when he was younger and it just took me forever to make this thing because it was such a <laughs> lot of complicated little pieces and yeah. uh but yeah I was really happy to get that one done so that was probably the biggest one that I've made and complicated one that I've made that that sounds really cool uh, a bunch yeah. of a bunch of fox heads my um my wife um, convinced me the, and, and she was, I think, uh, plotting to get rid of all of my t-shirts and that I've had from <laughs> high school and, and uh, all of my days in college and whatnot. And she's like, how do I make more room in the, in the drawers? And so she convinced me to get rid of, I don't know, 10 or 15, maybe more of my t-shirts and made a, a shirt quilt out of it. Um, uh-huh. It's super comfortable. Uh, it's nice, but uh, it was kind of a win for me because I got a nice um, quilt out of it, and uh, she got to have more room in the <laughs> in her closet. So yeah, no, that's great. I've made a few t-shirt quilts myself, so they're they're great for memories, you know. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the most recent things that, that you've done is, is uh, you're an advisory board member for the customer experience program at uh, Missouri State University. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, so Missouri State University started a customer experience certification program. Mm -hmm. um, they have an advisory group that consists of about 10 or so of us customer experience um, professionals, and um, they reached out and thought it would be great to have me on the, the advisory board, and I was really excited to do it because Missouri State's not too far from where I live in Kansas City. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a, a great affinity with the university and super excited to be on it. We help prepare for the certification program by offering topics and ideas to uh, include in the curriculum. Um, one of the advisory board members may even do some teaching. Um, mm. It depends on the scheduling and what they need. But there is an online course and a course in person that they offer. Yeah, that sounds great. How long does the, the course typically take? Uh, good question. The course, the, the in-person course is a few days and the online can be around a week or two online as well. Okay. So in, yeah. in the, um, the people for that, that would be a good fit are CX professionals. Is it, um, corporate? What, what is a good fit for that or for that program? You know, I think it would be a great fit for anyone who's interested in getting into the customer experience field, but also those that are in the midst of a customer experience position and want to uh, sharpen up their skills or learn more about different um, facets of customer experience. So I think it's a great, great program for anyone that's interested. Cool. So um, obviously they, they brought you on because um, you had your ex the experience of customer experience. Uh, so how did you get started in CX? Oh gosh, my very first job, full-time job was a customer care call center professional working for a vision insurance company. Okay. And I was a claims advisor and customer service supervisor. And so that would, I would say, would be my first taste of customer experience. And that was way back. But I would then say I got into market research when I was in a position where I was building out new products and services for a particular company. And we were taking new ideas to market and I got my taste of how to do a conjoint market research study, how to do focus groups, how to structure a focus group, how to get customer feedback to then use that information to shape the products and the services we were building out to take to market. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that is not an easy job at the very beginning to, to be in you know, a claims and in, in, in management. So props to you to sticking through it. Um, you know, what, on, on what is voice of the customer? What, what does that mean to you from your perspective? Voice of customer is a way for a company to truly capture what the customers are talking about when it comes to your product or service. It's a strategy. It's a tool. It's a, 
I think it's, it's definitely needed for companies in order to just hear about and drive, hear about what the customers like or dislike about the company so that they can use that information to drive change within the organization. And what some people forget is that um, I'm a Lean Six Sigma black belt and um, with Six Sigma, part of Six Sigma is to measure, measure the customer feedback. Mm. Voice of customers embedded in that program or in that methodology. And sometimes we often forget we should go and ask our customers, how are we doing? Mm. Yeah. You know, what can we do better? What's working? What's not working? We may do it internally and talk to our internal customers and get employee feedback, but we forget to go out to the field, out to the customer, observe how things are done, um, and really take their feedback to, back to the boardroom, back to the conference rooms in, in our um, workout rooms, you know, that we're trying mm-hmm. to, to improve whatever product or service we have. So I think it's a really important part that companies struggle with taking that feedback and doing something with it. Yeah. So why, why is that so important? That to taking, not, not just gaining that feedback, but taking and doing something with it. Absolutely. So it's so important. I mean, what's the point of even collecting it if you're not going to use it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're collecting the data, you want to do something with it. And I think a lot of companies fail in knowing what to do with it because they don't want to, sometimes they don't want to know. They don't want to know what's wrong what's going on with the company. They, they have blinders on mm. or they allow the blinders to come off. They get the feedback and then they realize, oh, well, we've got to change this or we've got to change that. Well, that's going to cost money or that's going to cost time. And so, you know, I, I believe it's very important in order for a company to grow, to evolve and to meet the customer's needs because customer's needs and expectations are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen it recently with this whole COVID thing, you know, our customers expectations right now have changed completely, especially when it comes to, let's say dining at a restaurant. Now customers are going to expect that most restaurants or all of the restaurants that they go to should offer carry out anytime, you know? So it's, it's, it's a way for companies to really be able to pivot quickly and respond to the customer's needs. Right. Yeah. No, I, I would a hundred percent agree. You think of how many people actually uh, now do the, the drive up pickup for groceries where it was at one time, I think the average was 5% um, at, at a local grocery, a regional grocery store. Now I think it's up to 51, 52%, yeah. uh, which is significant. So how do you continue to adapt and learn uh, to what those customers needs? And if you're not actually learning and listening, um, you're not growing. There's, I always think of when you go to these big national, it doesn't even matter if it's customer experience or not, but you go to these national events and you show up and, and, and everybody's there, there's fireworks, there's big speakers, and it's this big, uh, you know, uh, pep rally. Um, and then you go back and you're like, great, 
That was so cool. I learned so much. Um, and then it goes back to, um, you come back with 300 emails and you're like, Oh man, <laughs> I just need to focus real quick on, on every day, my, my day-to-day stuff, my horse blinder stuff. And I'll get to this stuff, right? I'm going to come back and I'm going to keep it on my desk. Now I'm going to push it just to my bookshelf and now I'm going to push it <laughs> further away. Yeah. And eventually you don't do anything. So, you know, how do you um, go about building a strategy? You have all this, all this excitement, you know about, you've, you now understand what the customer needs you have. Um, but how do you go about building a strategy for this? Um, well, first, I'd go back to what you were saying about conferences. I know we all mm-hmm. go to those conferences or now watching them online. And mm-hmm. I think if you can take one or two key concepts mm-hmm. that you learned over the entire week or the entire time you were at this, on this conference call, take one or two of those things and start putting some action to them, start formulating what do those two, one or two things mean for our company? What could it look like for our company? And then socialize that idea with maybe some key stakeholders that you know are partners of yours or support what you do inside the company. And I think getting that partnership and getting that support internally, whether it's a peer or a coworker or a manager or a leader, is gonna help you drive change. Mm -hmm. Having that support is critical. And so when you go to start building your strategy out, you need to make sure you're developing your strategy based on the evidence, based Mm -hmm. on the data. So if you have a voice of customer program, use that data, use use those insights to help build your case. And I I always, use the analogy of going to court, you know, it's, you're a lawyer, you've got to get the evidence and support your case when you go to court. Hmm. And the voice of the customer is your evidence is the hard data because no one can refuse or, um, you know, refute the evidence of what customers are saying. So as long as you have that, that can help build out your strategy and support your strategy going forward and always have a backup plan. So it's great to have a huge strategy that might have five or six key things you want to accomplish within the next 12 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the company or the leadership doesn't have the appetite or they're, they are maybe just a little leery about doing all five of those things. Have a backup plan to suggest, hey, let's focus on these one or two things. Let's get some quick wins first. Let's do some low-hanging fruit, quick wins. It's not going to cost a lot and implement those changes and then measure the impact those changes have had so that you can start gaining credibility, great, you know, gaining the um, the response to that, um, those strategies, and you'll, you'll get the support that you'll need from leadership once they start seeing some true action and results. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like the, the X, Y axis. What's, what's the largest amount of impact with the least amount of effort or cost, and then take that, grab one of those, grab two or three of those, and then see how you can create the biggest amount of impact with the least amount of effort or even time, depending on yep. what you're variable is, um, you know, how do you, you know, one thing that I see is a challenge 
it's you have this solution in, in, in customer experience and you think that it's going to be what's best for the organization, but everybody else isn't measured on it. Um, how do you execute to meet your objectives and maybe finding a way to get everybody else aligned with that too? Um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with, again, gaining support mm -hmm. from other stakeholders within the organization because they need to know what's in it for them. Yeah. And if they're not measured on a particular metric that you're trying to push, you need to be able to show a correlation between customer satisfaction and the impact it can have on that particular department or unit or sales organization. Mm -hmm. If you can tie customer satisfaction or customer input back to customer retention numbers and employee attrition numbers, those two are key that companies can relate to and understand how much is it costing a company to lose customers? And how much is it costing companies to recruit and train new employees? Yeah. If you can relate that back to those hard dollars and have HR and have your finance group support those numbers, you can then go to those business units and say, this is how it's impacting your group in your department. So having those uh, support functions support your program and strategy is critical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, all you need is one case. So if you can take yep. that information and you find one champion that will give you one chance and you can make an impact, uh, all of a sudden somebody else, uh, another peer uh, across department is going to say, wait, you saved X amount of money or you, you reduced your churn by what? Um, yep. How did you go about that? And, um, you know, that's when you're going to get additional buy-in. But like you said, it's going to take time to build that trust. Yeah. And I think if anything that I've learned over the last, I'd say, five or six years is you need to continue to talk about the big picture, the impact it can have on the overall company, but you also have to make sure you are making small incremental impacts within the organization. Get, get a department or a group on board just to test and pilot maybe your program within one particular group. But always keep the big picture in mind, but make sure that if you're struggling with trying to communicate the big picture and maybe you're trying to implement too much across yeah. the entire enterprise, start small start with one business who supports you has a group that you can impact and um, make those small incremental changes hmm. yeah that's great advice you know a, a couple of years ago you you wrote an article around governance and and overlooked by critical cx solutions and why why from your perspective is governance overlooked i think sometimes we forget about governance. Um, sometimes I feel like companies hire a CX person or a CX leader and they just tell them, go do it, go fix X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. without truly understanding how do you sustain change? How do you sustain a culture shift? 
And the only way to do that is to have some structure in place that is cross-functional, yeah. cross-stakeholders that are invested in seeing that change happen. And you, as a CX professional, sometimes you feel like you're hiking up the mountain yourself and you're pushing mm -hmm. that rock above, you know, over the mountain yourself. Um, we forget that having a governance structure will help you drive change. You're, you're rallying the troops. You're getting some leaders involved and making sure that you're not alone and that it can't be done just by you. And so governance can help drive that together because then you've got other key stakeholders across the business that are involved and will drive change in their areas as well. So you're not alone. Yeah. So what would be the opposite of that? If you didn't have governance, what would be some of the challenges that you would, you would have? Uh, you would be going to meetings with leadership and trying to fight a battle on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm speaking <laughs> from experience, but yes, absolutely. From experience, you know, you, yeah. if there's something I learned again over the last five or six years is not doing it alone. You need to gain buy-in. You need to get other people involved and get a team involved. It's just like any other project. And that's why you call it cross-functional project. You don't do it alone. You're, you're a facilitator of change. You're not the lead uh, person who's driving the change. You should be a facilitator of change. And I think that's what's forgotten sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. What, so if you had, um, if you didn't have governance, how would that affect customer satisfaction? I think if you didn't have governance, how would it affect your customer satisfaction? I think you're going to lose out on other things you could do to impact customer satisfaction uh, mm -hmm. because you only have maybe one or two people on your team looking at customer satisfaction. Um, yeah. you're, you're not able to dig into and question maybe the data or the feedback that you're getting. Um, having more people uh, involved, you get different, you know, thought patterns and, you know, yeah. perspectives that can evaluate and come up with ideas on how to improve customer satisfaction as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if, if there's no governance, then there's no structure or standards, um, which means that the people that are trying to run, run the CX um, initiative are not going to be as efficient. I mean, this is kind of a, a long way to say it, but yep. it still will be affected by that satisfaction because they're not completely focused on being customer centric. They're being focused on kind of uh, pushing paper and doing best effort instead of having a, a standard. So, you know, if, if somebody is, if somebody, one of my listeners are, are listening and they're trying to figure out, Hey, this sounds great, but how do I get started? Uh, what advice would you have for them? Getting started in CX or um, getting started with a governance structure? Yeah, let's say, let's start with CX. And then um, I, I like the other question of uh, governance too. 
Um, getting started in CX, if you're passionate about the customer, find other people that are advocates for customers as well. Invite them to be part of your team. Invite them to be part of the conversation. Um, look for mentors within your organization that see the overall picture and understand what you're trying to do and bring them along to help help them be a part of your team to fight the battles. Um, you know, it's, it's an important role. Um, even if you're not technically in a customer experience role, let's say, maybe you're in sales, maybe you're in um, customer success. Your passion will help drive that company to become more customer centric if you find more people like you. You know, maybe you get a group together independently mm -hmm. um, to help talk about customer issues. You know, what are some common issues that you're seeing across departments? Start off as just a networking group internally and ask other departments about what are they, what are they seeing that are pain points for the customer? And then you can start talking about customer journey and looking at from a cross-functional perspective. Wow, this is what happens when a customer interacts with my department. Wow, this is what happens when a customer interacts with this department. Let's talk about this. What can we do to improve that? So you don't always need to have a formal CX structure. Yeah. It can start with your passion. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And then maybe always bring it back to how that affects them, even though they're not measured on it today or maybe won't be, but uh, why it's still important. So I, I Absolutely. like that. What about um, getting started on, on governance? Getting started on governance, first, I would definitely sit down and put together what would that structure look like? What departments need to be involved? Who's involved in the customer journey? Who are those leaders? And then take inventory of where you think that leader in that area is at when it comes to their support, level of support for this type of program. And then come up with a, a strategy around how do you shift those stakeholders that might not be so supportive of the program and who can you use to help shift that mindset of that particular stakeholder. So having a structure of what the governance looks like, who's involved, how often do you meet, what are your objectives of the governance group, and what kind of authority are they going to be? Are they just going to be an advisory board or are they going to actually dictate what the CX program is going to look like or make decisions on? Sounds like some pretty sound advice. Um, so I wrap up every podcast with two questions. Uh, the first question is, what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service or all the customer experience professionals, what would it say? <laughs> Great questions. Um, I have recently been reading Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. Mm -hmm. And her book talks all about the research she has done around vulnerability and how to be transparent from a personal level. And I've really been taking that advice and looking at it from the perspective of companies. How vulnerable are companies? How transparent are companies? 
And I think sometimes it's hard for companies to take a look at themselves in a mirror and be vulnerable, be able to take customer feedback and use it and respond to it and be transparent for their customers. And so that's been a really good eye opener um, to apply that in the corporate world. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and as for uh, leaving a note, it's funny that you asked me that. I actually started writing a letter to a future customer experience leader. Okay. And um, this letter I'll be posting out on LinkedIn in the next week or so. But this letter is, dear customer experience leader, here are the things that you need to make sure that you are keeping an eye out for. Mm-hmm. And I think... The key around that would be making sure that, A, you know who your key players are in your organization that support you and support your vision, and B, find inspiration and support outside your company. Because I think having a peer group or support group outside your organization that are trying to drive the same thing that you're trying to drive is going to help you. And energize you and support you when you might not feel like you're getting it at work. That is some great advice. Uh, I I appreciate that. And I look forward to that um, article on LinkedIn. Um, And speaking of that, you can actually connect with Roberta on, uh, she's got a website called rokeithcoaching.com. You can connect with her on LinkedIn at rokeith um, and on Twitter at rokeith70. Uh, thank you so much, Roberta. I uh, always learn a bunch from, from you every time we have a conversation and uh, look for the next time we have the ability to catch up. Oh, so thank you very much, Nick. I really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.